We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are three years, six months, and 22 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Ned. How are you, Mr. Wizard? I'm fine. I actually, um, I was quite interested. I was, I was pretty worried about my short, actually, because, you know, we had, although we had a bit of a chuckle, um, I did listen to it. And, uh, you know, the, the Wednesday one or the short, was it Wednesday? I can't remember now. But either way, the biggest worry I had over that, actually, how rude am I? How are you, Johnny? <laughs> I've already told you how I am. I'm, I'm, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, we're doing this on a day. We're doing this, uh, yeah, on a day when we shouldn't be doing this because my schedule is just not helping. And then next week is going to be even worse than this week. So, yes, yeah, yeah, juggling, juggling. That's life. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, we get, 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 getting back to that. That did worry me because the biggest thing that worries me is because we, I mean, we held back, it, it's hard not to be political on a non-political one, especially, and I thought especially I'd try now. the climate yeah. and see if, or oh, the climate, the world and everything. And I wasn't upset with what, I, what how it came out, actually, except it made me realise that when you tell people that they should care for the world, you're going to get the fanatical side will take it as a positive towards, hey, yeah, I've told you, yeah, I agree, you should look after the world, and then they're going to their climate bollocks and the CO2 bollocks and everything else that comes with it until they've got more than a pair of bollocks. And that's what really annoys me, you know? Um, a lot of bollocks, yeah. Before you <laughs> yeah. before you get into all of that, I have to do my usual. I have you to do. do my usual thing. I, I do. I, I, it's a I'm must. Sorry. I, it is a must. It is a must. I, I do apologize. I, I have to do that, so. <laughs> well, that's very British of you. <laughs> yes, I know. I am so modest. I get the modesty. The modesty that you and Marty have is just rubbing off on me. So, you know, the, the British... Thing. Did you did you catch the one with Bruce? By the way, he used the word benign specifically to trigger the two of you. Yeah, well, it didn't trigger me because I just he didn't. didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I should have sent him a note and said, "That's very British of you too." <laughs> yes, yes. If you could put, if you could have been in the room, if you could have put italics on an actual expression, then that would have been it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, before we begin and get into all of the goodies that Ned has lined up for us today, I would like to take a moment to remind everybody that we took a big risk when we started all of this, and we are not backed by fake corporate dollars that push fake agendas that make everyone hate each other. So if you're interested in supporting the work that we do, we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service, and we do thank those of you who have subscribed to us. That helps us in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine. Thank you very much. Benefits include access to our instant messaging service for direct communication to us, along with early access to upcoming and sometimes un published podcasts, as well as exclusive access to our behind-the-scenes uncensored prep sessions where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product that you're hearing now. Ned and I just did a very short prep session because we are both pressed for time tonight. Uh, and I, I do apologize, but it's going to be a crazy... This week and next week are going to be two crazy yeah, weeks. So a bit mental, just, but we'll yeah, get If you just bear with us, I, I promise you we'll get back to the regular schedule the week after for the rest of the year. So if you want to take part in this fight with us, 
if you want to support a team that's willing to do the real research and not give you fake nonsense for talking points, if you want to say screw you to the mainstream media, such as BBC, Sky News, MSNBC, Fox News, and CNN, as well as a lot of the alternative media these days, then the link is in the program description down below where you can just click it and you can come on board with us and take advantage of these benefits that we are offering to you. And by doing so, you'll be supporting the work that we do and the research that goes along with that work. Together, by doing this, we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds that are on the television, in the newspapers, and the talking heads on the international stage. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, together we can take action as subscriptions start at just $5 per month. So now that I'm finished with my usual... Carry on. Oh, that's very eloquent of you, Johnny. <laughs> I quite Against, like that. Yes, I was getting lost in that. Uh huh. Yeah. But no, seriously, folks. I mean, everything's a bonus, and it'll just help us keep going. Um. Right. So it did open my eyes. So I thought, well, okay. I'll, there are political points to say, and what worries me is that, like I said, people with a fanatical push towards this climate boiling climate problem, CO two thing. So I thought, well. <sighs> I'm going to actually give people a bit of history about um, our CO2 thing that they push out there. Once again, this comes from the educational point of view. It comes from the scientists, comes from everything. Yeah. So basically, looking back in history, I mean, I my history, I was in the services. I done a hell of a lot of firefighting within the time I was there. And when I came out, I helped build a business up that was based on it. So I have a wonderful grounding in it. And I went through the time and it triggered something. And I thought, right. So I looked into the history of CFCs, right? Because that used to be quite big within the fire industry. CF CFCs, could you please explain? Right. CFCs, right, it's a chemical. It's a very stable chemical. And basically, CFCs, it stands, it, it's made up of chlorine, fluorine, and carbon. It's a man-made chemical. It's very stable. This was used for things like refrigerants. So it'll be in your um, air conditioning units. Now, this thing actually was created back in 1928, right? And the reason I'm saying that is, just to give you an idea, this goes back a very long way. So it was initially, you know, refrigeration, even in inhalers and aerosols, yeah? So not until, let's say, the 70s, because the 70s was a massive time. It was, it was an amazing time where there were so many movements in many directions about recycling, oil, telling the world we're all a bunch of nasty people. You know, it was all our fault. And at that point, they kicked the scientists kicked out and said, you know, CFCs are terrible. They're bad for the ozone. Yeah. Oh, yes. And the the chlor chlorophyll. No, no, chlor no. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You then get media hype. Yeah. Because until you actually understand atmospheric movements and stuff like that, everybody gives it, oh, we like a bit of sunshine. Well, we do. That's, you, you get that from UVs, yeah? But there's three types of UV, and the ozone layer isn't just a thin layer. Actually, it's got quite a depth in the atmosphere, and they actually measure it due to how many parts there are. It's in D, a thing called DUs. I'm not going to go into any depth of that. The... The standard nice bit is about 300 DUs is lovely. And they started to see over certain areas in the world that in parts of the atmosphere, the ozone was getting less and less. And, it, you know, and this is where the idea of they started to spout about the hole in the ozone layer. Basically, it'd been depleted, not to zero, but it had gone down quite a lot, even to 100. Some places it might have just got an itch under it and there was a problem. So they came out with the CFCs, yeah? And once again, there was a big UN meeting, and that was in the 80s. Now, CFCs, the biggest problem with CFCs, right, ozone, if anybody understands ozone, basically the oxygen up there, you got singular oxygen molecules, O1, you've got O2, like we breathe, and you get O3, which is classified as ozone. And these work together, yeah? And they keep the cycle going. It's part of something, um, it's like, it's like a, a dynamic movement which keeps moving and moving and because these cfcs were so stable they didn't sort of fall to bits their molecules didn't fall to bits by the time they came out of the troposphere which is up to about ten thousand. so oxygen is a good thing and we know that because we, we like breathing it in but this is ozone and the, the problem and, it, and, it, and it's up there it's up there to protect us against the uvs and the biggest problem is these stable CFCs managed to get high enough, right, where they usually 
deplete and fall to pieces, yeah, and they become unstable before they get to the stratosphere. But the CFCs get there, and because they get bombarded and they react with the intense UV bombardment, so it gets broken down, and it's the chlorine, that wonderful thing, chlorine, which nobody ever wants to outlaw, so they can have chlorine gas for war stills and everything else. But it's those chlorine molecules which react with the oxygen, yeah, and it stops the ozone creation to the point where, say, one molecule of chlorine can cause up to 100,000 problems of molecules of oxygen. So it has an effect. Molecules are very small. But if you think of that ratio, that's quite effective. And CFCs were, have been at, were out there for decades. They were out there for decades, right? And in the 70s, it became, you know, they became quite verbal about it. It was quite vocal about it. Now, the biggest problem is not until about 1985, when all of a sudden they're giving it, there's a massive hole, there's a massive hole, and you get what they call a Montreal Accord. And the UN's out there, and being its usual useless self, get, gets like 190-plus nations to agree that something has to be done. But the initial, the, the, the initial meeting in 1985, when they went, oh, yeah, something's got to be done, everybody signed up for it, it was not binding by any law, right? So it's all mouth again. All mouth and trousers, as we call it in this country. So this Montreal Accord came out, and then they actually managed to put some dates on it, right? And we're talking, this is a decade plus before the millennium. And they managed to say, oh, well, okay, we've got to cease production of this um, by 1995. So they're going to let, so let it continue for the best part of 10 years. Uh-huh. Right? But then they did put a little caveat in there as well. Uh-huh. And then they went unless you can find some existing stuff and recycle it, and then you can use it again <laughs> until it actually runs out. So they're mm -hmm. still agreeing that we've got something, right, which has a horrible effect on the atmosphere, but you're still kicking it out. Now, there is one other thing, right? The Montreal Pro Protocol did get amended, and because there was a another product that came out to replace um, CFCs, which was HCFCs. Basically, there was a hydrogen molecule within it. It was supposed to have made it unstable enough so it actually broke up, but it mm -hmm. still got up there. Uh -huh. It still got up there, but not in such a big quantity. And then they had another meeting, and they went, oh, yes, we're going to have to cease manufacturing of this one by 2020. Um, uh, or we're going to phase it out anyway, or at least some of it by 2020. And then they backpedaled a bit and they said, well, we'll make that 2030. It's strange. There's something going on that year. Bruce and I haven't been able to figure it out yet, but there's something that's supposed to happen that year. Yeah. So basically, production and import was banned basically in the UK in that uh, January 2010, unless it was to service and maintain existing equipment. Another caveat to say, yeah, well, we'll get away well, with we'll that. Just, we'll keep that. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll we're just, just going to keep that for a little so longer. You've got rid of the CFCs. And you got them replaced with HCFCs, and they're saying, yes, this is the stuff. Well, then they found out, well, this is really still causing a problem. Now, on top of that, this is where you find out that CO2 was just a scapegoat. They had to come up with a scapegoat. And I think, basically, it's disgusting because there is such a thing called global warming potential, Right. And all the things it's based on, on a chart, it starts with CO2, right? So this is a molecule effect of carbon dioxide, and it's set at one, okay? And then it gives you the life expectancy of CO2, which is 100 years plus. So CO2 has this effect of one. And then they'll do other things like methane, which will have a higher effect than CO2, but it has less life expectancy. It's down to about 25 years. And then you've got nitrous oxides. But these are naturally occurring things, yeah? And then on the list, this is, this, this is in your educational system. It's not made up, and it's on your science papers. So you can look into your um, environmental study stuff that you get taught at your colleges, at your universities, and there's these charts in your books, yeah? And they get to the CFCs, and they get to the HCFCs, yeah? And these, the global warming potential of a CFC, right, is 10,000 times compared to the CO2. We're talking that is a massive factor, and they're not short-lived either. And because CO CFCs are stable, they have quite a long life, a lot longer than CO2. You go to eight CFCs, 
similar thing. They say they're less stable, but they have a ratio of 2,000 or more compared to CO2. So we've got all these gases within a natural cycle, this dynamic equilibrium, as they say the biosphere is maintaining. And the big damage in effect is these things that have been created since 1928 onwards, replacements, and things are still out there. So they had to find a scapegoat. And this is where your climate change comes from. This is where your global warming effect comes from. They're shoving it at a gas that has an effect of one when they're keeping all these things going. I mean, they need, right, they need these, um, what they call um, uh, HCFCs and the, and the chemical products because these are basically byproducts out of your semiconductor industry, your LCD screens, everything like that. This is, if you, if you look into any of the manufacturing places where they come from, this is to keep everybody in their comfort zone, yeah? But it's also bringing in money. This is a corporate scam on a massive scale, and they needed a scapegoat. And it's just, it, I mean, I just, I, I just looked at it and I went, you got to be taking the mick. They're teaching. No, they're serious. <laughs> they're yeah, serious. Well, we no, they're serious. But what, what amazes me is these up-and-coming people, and I talk to my daughter, and we talk about these subjects because she's doing A-levels and things like that, and she gives it, I don't want to get into every kind of discussion, but what's this? This doesn't add up in common sense. And the biggest problem is, and she goes, I understand this, and I understand she understands where I'm coming from, but... They also give it, they're caught between a rock and a hard place because they have to answer their exam questions in a specific way. Yes, they do. It's one of yeah. those where you have to pare it back what you're being taught. Otherwise, you fail. All this information is in their books. And, I know. And I know. if you've got a brain and you look at it, man, you must. It doesn't give it, work. <laughs> it just. You it know, and work. you give it, whoa. And I give it, yes, but as. <laughs> As much as anything else. Did you say? Me. Did you say to her, "Dear, this is what they call settled science"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just. But uh, it's it's very interesting. But it it's I understand where she's going. She needs to go for a job, but the nice thing is she under she's she's starting to understand and see the evidence that is presented to her within her own educational system and. You know, and it's quite scary. And they like to hear these words of climate change and everything. And it's like, I will have, have well, it's, it's, it's lovely having a talk. And I'll say, what you need to do is, you've got to look at these sentences. Because one of the words that gets used so much, this may contribute to this. This may contribute to this. I said, that is a big leading word. It's leading. What do you mean? And she goes, I said, it's leading you because... It doesn't say may not. It doesn't say may or may not. There's no sort of whereas may or may not would leave it hanging there. And then you'd look into it yourself and go, well, that's interesting. But no, this may is a leading may, may. It's all leading English. It's, it's just, it's, it's very annoying. And I can see the struggle that must go on in some people's minds. But yeah, you know, it, the problem it, it, is, it, it, is that I, I guess I come from a different generation and so do you, but, you know, a different one from me. But I think we can both agree that if we saw something like that in our textbooks, we would look at our so-called professors and say, you people are out of your damn minds. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we used to speak to our teachers, et cetera, about subjects and yeah. you could converse with them about yes, it. Yes, you could. We could too, to an extent, <laughs> to, to an extent, uh, until but, I ran into, until I started to get stonewalled uh, in college, it was, it was one of those where, you know, American college is how you kind of, you have to pay your own way, right? You can get grants and, and so forth to, mm -hmm. to cover part of the cost. But you're going to you eventually pay it back. It's yes, yes. 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 So you're going to have to pay that back. And Obviously, you're there on your dime getting a, quote, education. And I'm sitting there looking at all of these things that I have to take as like prerequisite courses that have absolutely nothing to do with what I'm studying. And then mm -hmm. I then speak to the professor about a specific topic as to why I need to learn this to do this. And then you speak, then they give you some BS back and you ask them, okay, well then why am I learning this altogether if this has nothing to do with said path that I'm on? And they couldn't answer me. None of them could answer me. You're so somewhere, the somewhere down the line is yeah. going to be getting a bit for their budget if yeah. there's numbers doing this and doing that. That's it. You're an asset. You're an asset. Yeah. <laughs> you're 100%. Hats. 
Hundred percent, your number. Yep, they're just they're just there to to take money out of you. That's it. But it is it is CO two is the scapegoat they created. This climate change garbage is it. And and people just go out there, go out there and have a look at your GWP, the global warming potential of your natural gases, which is out there in the atmosphere, and your man-made ones, which they are still putting out there at some level with some excuse because yeah if you've got an lcd screen if you've got any semiconductors within your equipment it's everywhere some byproducts and everything so you've got cfcs hcfcs hfcs just go out there and look at them the hydrogen molecule was added to help it become unstable a bit more but these all have an effect thousands upon thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of times more damaging than the supposed CO2, which has a GWP of one. One. There is nothing wrong. And I'll tell you what, I'm quite impressed with the biosphere because it's coped with that hammering for so long. And they're going off the rails, creating new industries, and they're just furthering it in their own way, especially with Mr. Gates and his Bury the Trees. I mean, that guy's a total... Well, then you've got these these loons, and I, I wouldn't doubt, I, I don't have anything to, to prove this or back this up, or, or I just haven't found it yet, but uh, these lunatics with these carbon capture schemes that they're using across the U.S., you know, those massive machines that I was showing you a couple of weeks ago? There's uh, no reason ago. to capture no, the carbon. No, there's, there's absolutely no reason for that. We're going to get rid of something that would actually extend our growing season? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we anyway. are, uh, the whole the whole spectrum in the world fundamentally the carbon atom because it is the single most nice comfy adaptable atom molecule sorry that everything links up to and I mean everything links up to yeah look at it it's there we are here by design we are hydrocarbons everything I mean you got your carbon your hydrogen your oxygen those three things our creation they're tampering with creation it's the simplicity of it all and they're throwing more damaging stuff out there by the bucket load and it is very very annoying go find out if you've got nothing better to do just look it up yeah and see how you feel and then talk to your um, young adults talk to them if they're at university if they're at college ask some questions especially if they're doing anything to do with chemistry biology the environment if they spout the environment just that's what the family table's for, isn't it? To have a chat. Chatty, find out some truths. It might be interesting. And the thing is, if anybody shouts, the experts say this, the scientists say this, the papers say this or whatever, ask them which ones. Ask them if there's any basis in it anywhere. And then go into Waterstones or wherever, whatever booksellers you've got or major bookstore and get yourself a book on in the environmental science. Or just stand there and have a look at it. And look under the atmosphere chapter and you will see it. Just look for your GWP and then have a look at these numbers. I went into the history of CFCs to see how far back it went. 1928 is a long time. That is a long time. That's about the time, as you said, we were getting into uh, refrigeration. I have a, uh, a clip here of uh, dear old Al, uh, Mr. Gore there. Oh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is from back in the <laughs> 90s. I played this last week. Uh, this is him talking about the uh, the hole in the ozone layer and global warming and acid rain and uh, chlorofluorocarbons or whatever your yeah, CFCs. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him out there. I'd like got to local hear. environmental problems, regional problems like acid rain. Now we've got a whole new category of global or strategic problems, which include the hole in the ozone layer, which now could appear above the United States, global climate change, the destruction of the rainforest at a rate that means they'll be totally gone in another few decades unless we stop, the pollution of the oceans and the atmosphere and the like. These represent brand new challenges that call for a new kind of response. Rush, I've, I've listened to you many afternoons, as you know, uh, and you tend to, I don't want to say you dismiss all of these issues, but at least you dismiss them as having been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, absolutely. I don't think that there's anything conclusive about what Senator Gore said, with all due respect. I think, for example, there is no ozone hole over the United States. Uh, and if we want to get into detailed discussion of ozone depletion, we can. But uh, I, I think, Ted, that there is not a crisis. See, this is the problem I have. I don't think the Earth is fragile. I don't think the ecology is fragilely balanced. And I think that the doomsday 
industry that is typified by members of the Hollywood acting community who say, we've only got 10 years left to save our planet. We've got to act now. There's no way if what these people say is true that we can solve these problems in 10 years anyway. It's budget time in Washington. NASA's being cut. And I think that this this fright and and uh, doom scenario is designed to frighten people. Everything in this country today seems to be a crisis. We can't do anything without it being have, uh, having to face it as a crisis. We don't have any time to think about it. Uh, there are as many scientists, uh, maybe even more, on the opposite side of all of these doomsday predictions. And and I think that that's they need not to be true. To yeah. Oh yes, there are. That, that's not true. If I can right. jump in there, Ted, where the ozone hole is concerned, for example. The linkage between these chemicals, chlorofluorocarbons, and the ozone hole is established. There may be one one hundredth of one percent of the scientific community that disputes it. Now. Oh no, no, no! It's far more than that. Ted, that the environmental movement, as as fueled by the militants who lead it. Uh, I think is the new home of socialism. The ozone hole is threatening to open up above North America, above Kennebunkport, and still we're not reacting. And of course, uh, Mr. Gore there owns the uh, the companies now that you have to buy your carbon offsets from. Oh, that carbon, that carbon thing is just crap. Carbon, crap, carbon, this carbon, that. Mm-hmm. Canada's Canada did the same. What was it? I just heard the other day. Um, was it 2019 before? Well, look, pre-COVID. Are we supposed to do that on the timeline now? Oh, yes. Yeah, before COVID. BC, as uh, Klaus Schwab yeah. puts it, yeah. PC, P- PC, the Canadian government spent 400000 dollars to the WEF for them to write a format on this carbon costing. And that's that's where he came out with and said, so much per carbon tonne, it's going to cost you this much. And by up, up to such and such date, it's going to be $170 next. And that, he spent the Canadian taxpayers' money straight to the WEF so they could send him a letter back saying, well, yeah, this is what you got to do. That's an expensive letter. Yeah, well, yeah, well, basically, they, they, okay, I said a letter, but they put a format together so he could push the agenda. And that's that's just ridiculous. Yeah, and you know who, is. And that Freeland would have... Um, Oh, freely. Lick, lick the envelope, wouldn't you? Oh, my you know, goodness. I'm so sick of looking at that woman. But yeah, no, you see, this is the problem with people like Al Gore and that. They have a certain amount of truth in there. Yes, the CFCs were destructive, but the time he was talking about it, they've been destructive for 70 years. Yeah, and, yeah? and it turned out that the, the, the hysteria that he was pumping about this hole in the ozone layer turned out not to be true, you know, to that well, extent. Well, well yeah, it, it was never a hole. It was never like the ozone layer was gone. It had been depleted. It had been depleted to quite a lot. And yes, I mean, the, the remaining fact of uh, where you've got um, thinning of ozone is basically, uh, I think, it is it is it the Arctic or the Antarctic vortex? Uh, Arctic it's, vortex. Yeah. So you got it, where it comes that, down from the top, the jet stream. Pushes yeah. And it down. The, the biggest, the, the reason it's there is, yeah, it's basically because it's cold, yeah, you can get on, it'll have loads of loads of ice crystals forming because of where it is. And basically, you will get molecules latching onto that, which will be the chlorine molecules. And because you've got those long winters and then you've got it lighting up, and when you get a change up there, yeah, the UVs then once again, react with the chlorine molecules, and that is why it's there, and it's not anywhere else. So, yeah, there's science to it. Yes, the chlorine is the problem, yeah, because it's it's getting up there. Most stuff breaks down within what they call the troposphere. Most of the natural gases in our world, say 80% of them, are in that area up to about 10 kilometers. So myth, then you got methane, the for example. Methane, huh? for example. Methane, for example. Yeah, all, all 80, 80% yeah. of them are there. And in the stratosphere is basically you've got the remaining best part of the 20% there. It could be about 99.9, yeah? But this is where you get the heavier bombardment of the UVs, which start to break down the man-made stable chemical problems which get up there, which shouldn't be getting up there. They should be making stuff that doesn't get up there. So, yeah, we, we are creating a problem. The CO2 isn't, and that is annoying. 
But yeah, least of all worries, eh? Uh, indeed. Uh, and since we're on this point and we were talking about the uh, the atmosphere, I'd like to play another uh, hysterical piece from uh, from Al Gore, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, this is more... Is he getting hysterical in this one? The, oh, he, he is getting very hysterical in this one, yes. The, he is... <laughs> he's, he's talking about how uh, we're setting off somewhere in the neighborhood of about uh, 600,000 Hiroshima atomic bombs daily by ignoring climate change or something. I, I don't know. But anyway, this is this is him. China could surprise the world at Glasgow by uh, pulling forward its uh, date for reaching net zero, now 2060, which is a bit too far off. Uh, they could pull forward their date for peaking emissions. And I, I will not be surprised if one or both of those uh, announcements are not made by China in Glasgow. I okay. hope they are. To have some of these fossil fuel companies still to this day financing absolutely false information to try to deceive people into thinking that the climate crisis is not real or not that bad or that they have that they have solutions in their purview. One of the CEO of one of the giant oil companies, Chevron, said the other day that they're going for renewable natural gas. <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. Uh, there is no such thing. Uh, and it's it's yet another in a long line of deceptions that are, are designed to fool the American people into thinking that this is not something they need to be concerned about, but they are concerned about it. And in the last three months alone, one out of every three Americans has experienced one of these climate-related extreme weather disasters. You, you see behind me, this is a, a picture from uh, one of the space shuttle missions that shows how thin uh, the atmosphere is, the troposphere, the part where the greenhouse gases uh, are collected. Uh, we're putting 162 million tons into that every day as if this is an open sewer. And the accumulated amount now traps as much extra heat every day as 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every 24 hours. And most of that heat's going into the ocean. There you go. What a, what a dick. <laughs> now, here's right. a guy it, it, who was the no, head of Occidental is, Petroleum. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, oh, wow. You've got a picture of a part of the atmosphere, the troposphere. Yeah. Didn't tell you how deep it was. Doesn't tell you much about it. Right. The simplicity of it all, the troposphere, is where all a lot of the heat is. But the winds start moving it around the world. The winds create currents. Currents transport the heat around the world. That heat gets dispersed around, and it also gets kicked out. If we didn't have that heat, right? If we didn't have that heat, we'd be bollocksed. Yes, you need 100%. a heat to keep the currents going. Yep. In the UK, where we are, it'd be a lot colder, and the winters would be a lot longer if we didn't have those Atlantic currents and everything, yeah? These are moved around by heat, and this keeps them going. He's a, he's a total moron. I mean, if you looked, if you, if, if somebody was to simply put a graph of, say, the different layers of the atmosphere and the pressures and the heat stuff, the heat actually zigzags. It gets cooler, it gets warmer, even all the way up. It actually does different thermal changes, right? So when he gives it la, 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 he ain't got a, he is in that la, la land. He's a total moron. It's scaremongering. Ned. 600,000 Hiroshima atomic bombs every 24 hours. Well, Doesn't yeah, that concern well. you? <laughs> you talk about scaremongering. Yeah. And he he sits there and he tells you, like, he, he, he lies to you while telling you that you're being deceived while he's deceiving you. Oh, yeah. And one in three people in America has experienced one of these real big climate disasters. Yeah. Why? Did you sell him a house where there was a hurricane due to Actually, I have, it's funny because he, he has a $9 million mansion in Malibu, doesn't have a single solar panel on the damn thing. And I did oh, yeah. see... Yeah, is it on the I shore? Did, it is right on the shore, right on the beach, yes. Oh, yeah, uh, right. I did see today that uh, the I, I want to say it was the uh, the international panel on climate change or something from the United Nations. They said that rain is now twenty percent wetter since the beginning of the climate crisis. It's wetter. It's wetter. It's it's twenty percent wetter. Yes, that's very very scientific, isn't it? Is it, it coming down in is. larger? Uh, you either have more accumulation of water and rainfall, or you have less. You don't get wetter rain. This is how stupid this is. You know, I, I'm. I just. I, I can't help but laugh at just how how 
idiotic this is just like this has gotten like we're past clown world you know well, the thing the thing is yes we were always going ahead and the, the world does get warmer ever so slightly yeah but if you think about this people this biosphere has been fighting against nothing but chemical warfare which is basically the triggers of your global warming potential not its natural stuff it's still keeping the natural stuff. It likes its CO2. It likes all its natural gases. But all the stable chemicals, even the unstable chemicals, the byproducts of our society. And the thing is, there's no transparency. Well, there is and there isn't. The information is out there, but you've got to know where to look. And that is how corporations are. And when they don't want you to look, then they go for injunctions and then they want put stuff put away. And then you've got to go down the freedom of information and fight for it. And you've got to be able to know what you're doing. But corporations live on the premise that whatever they do, if it's, and they, they work on the premise of a decade or two, and then the generations become accepted, and then you get a way of thinking and they move on to the next thing. But CO2 has been used as a scapegoat. I mean, just, you just look at the science, look at the maths, look at everything. Look at the world of how it's really fighting to keep everything on our side. And all this corporate greed is just trying to piss it over. They don't care. And the trouble is, they're the ones that created the climate idea. They're the ones that put the fanatics out there and puts the scaremongering out there. Come on. When you hear such a sales pitch as from people like Al Gore, which just scare you to death, he's not prepared to talk. Uh, just fact, so you, he, just so you know, this is a uh, this is his his a uh, ten thousand square foot house or mansion, as most would call it, in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, again, that's an overhead shot of it. I don't see a single solar panel on it. Do you? Well, there won't be. Oh, by the way, certain solar panels, yeah. Uh, guess what was used to manufacture them as well as a byproduct off of uh, them? Cadmium. <laughs> you ate <laughs> you ate CFCs again. Oh, HCFCs, okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, but the thing is, all of these things, all of these things, right, are byproducts of the corporate manufacturing sector. The natural stuff, the natural world isn't a problem. They just needed a scapegoat, and that is it, really. I mean, I really wanted to put up there. And I, I tell you what, I'm getting, I'm feeling quite sad for the CO2 because it's getting kicked around by whatever, and all it wants to do is make us a greener world and everything else. It's not a problem. I mean, if, if, if the corporate sector thought CO2 was such a problem, and the CO2 is a byproduct of so many manufacturing things, they'd be selling you flat drinks and you wouldn't have fizzy drinks. You wouldn't have any CO2 in there. I mean, the amount of that, the tonnage of CO2 manufactured for the drinks industry alone, hey-ho. <laughs> that is quite a carbon footprint. Uh, coming up on, uh, let's see, coming up tomorrow uh, on Tech Tuesday, Bruce and I talk about uh, Apple. Apple has backtracked, not their uh, horrible investment opportunity that they've undertaken in China, but they're now under a microscope from, get this, from Beijing about their carbon footprint and what they're going to do to go carbon neutral. Yes. That's a bit cheeky. That is a bit cheeky, considering that China says, you know what, what carbon footprint? We don't, we don't know anything about that. <laughs> yes, uh, Apple is under a microscope to turn their entire supply chain carbon neutral by, I think it was, I, I think it was 2032 or something like that. And Apple have figured out that if they go carbon neutral in their supply chain, damnedest thing, they won't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the biggest problem? And this is sort of foretold by you. China want Apple to fail so they could take the lot. Yes. And then it's bye-bye. Yep. Yeah. So Apple should have been thinking about moving a long time ago. Oh, yes. Well, they never should have moved there to begin with. Well, so many people should. You should never have moved to China for Christ. You should no. never move to a country where they have total control. And if you do it for money, you deserve to lose it all. This is the gambler's table. You never go to that table unless you prepare to lose what you have. And they have moved straight onto that table thinking they're going to come away with it. Sorry, short term. You're going to lose the big game. That's simple as that. You talked about Tech Tuesday, and you triggered something the other day. Remember you were talking about graphene and stuff like that with um, Yes, Bruce? yes. Material of the future, but we need we need time. That, well, that's what actually, we need. We need time to, to get it down to a, an affordable process. Actually, there is another um, thing that basically... Because if I understand right, I made a couple of notes because you got me scribbling. I was listening to it, so I started... Right, um, graphene was basically first isolated 
just off the millennium in 2004. Yes. It conducts electricity and heat far better than copper. And that is what they liked about it because it's more stable than steel. Yeah, exceptionally light and flexible. Wonderful. This is the wonder thing. But the latest material, right, which um, is being worked on by Germany, India, and Australia is molybdenum. It's M-O-L-Y-B-D-E-N-E-N-E. And it's not as and it's not sensitive to heat basically yeah yeah oh basically basically this is really supposed to be the next thing coming it's supposed to be more stable and they reckon it's going to have so many processes here's the thing though you say it's 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 resistant to uh to heat okay that's that's good especially for uh heat generating components is it also a superconductor yeah it's supposed to be everything everything that graphene is and more it's and what is be... it? What is it comprised of? I mean, how how do the, what's the material made of? I mean, graphene we know where it comes from. It was just one of those discovery by accident kind of things. Um, well, basically, basically, I think they actually discovered this by messing around with graphene. Interesting. So, so basically, they had um, the the um, I don't know how to pronounce it properly, but un, until you get used to saying those words, yeah, molyb, molybdenum it is what it was a sulfide of it. And they were messing around with graphene and they come out with this product and they went, whoa, hang on. This is putting up with an intense amount of heat and they're playing with it. They, they, they really are playing with it. Um, so basically, it's still incorporated with graphene, but to much of a lesser degree. So maybe you'll make, be able to make more of a better substance without with less graphene. Well, so that's, this, that would this, be good because yeah, the, the process right now, the process, and I obviously through innovation and time and, and cost and things, I expect the process to, to get cheaper and cleaner, but the process to actually manufacture graphene at the moment or in order to get the products broken down at the molecular level to get the actual graphene out of it, it is horribly expensive you need a lot of energy and, and it's very toxic it's an intense process yes but this is supposed to be with with the sulfides of this um metallic um uh element you're supposed to be able to work with the graphene but there's, use less there's graphene a draw, get a better product i can already see an inherent drawback so in order to get this substance you would need graphene as a pretext first though right well uh, this is it this is it so this is just new sciences i think this was another accidental thing yeah well it's a good product yeah another byproduct coming out of it so well we don't know we don't know but um yeah um i just want to put something out there right and this is a little bit of a warning another thing that is pushed by the corporate sector the tobacco firms which Obviously got hit because of smoking and stuff. I'm not holier than thou. I've smoked in my life, yeah, to a certain age, and I went well, and I gave it up, and I'm not holier than thou. Is but this the one about thing the I... smoking ban in the UK? No, this is about no. vaping. Vape? Oh, oh, I've I've been against that since the start. What do you got? Yeah, so have I. Now the thing is, I did a thing on the smoking industry years, uh, you know, earlier on about years ago when they started and they started adding sugar to. Uh, a lot of their products in smoking and then when and it was the burning of the nicotine and sugar became a carcinogenic side of it one of the major carcinogenic sides of it and when they found out people were taken to smoking and inhaling this and they then went and bought up a load of drinks industries and added sugar to that you know sugar 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 yeah now the thing is with vaping there is preheating in this and once again you have got substances like nicotine and you've got various flavorings and everything else. And I, you know, and I thought, do you know something? It's bloody annoying because you get little vapors and you just get this. You can smell some rhubarb and custard smells and all strawberry or any given it. What the hell's that coming from? And somebody's got a, you know, in their fist and all of a sudden there's a big puff of smoke or and sometimes there's a cloud. Oh, yes, there's it, a big cloud, billowing yeah, cloud coming from the other side. And you're giving it, okay, I wonder what they're getting out of this. You know, because I know people who still smoke and they put up with paying God knows what for their cigarettes, but that's their choice. I haven't got a problem there. So I thought I'd basically look into this because someone of a young adult nature were discussing this because the young adults are always on the look on the internet and they're always seeing things and they're always talking about things and you don't know what to take and whatever. But some of the news items are very interesting and there were some parents, concerned parents, putting stuff out there. Because some of them had children that died and they didn't know whether 
And until one of them got investigated, she say, they were talking about chest pains. They were talking about back pains, but upper back pain. So, and then they linked it to lungs and stuff. And then they found out their kids were vaping and things like that. So I thought, well, you're starting to get deaths within vaping of young adults. And I thought, well, what problems have there been? They reckon, and this is it, you've got this research going on. And there's been research for years. And this is within your medical journals, yeah? They reckon that vaping can bring on asthma. They reckon you can get all manner of lung problems. They put warnings out there about your um, coughs and types of coughs and if you've got this inflammation and whatever. And then I thought, well, okay, what goes into it? And there are so many different chemicals go into it. I mean, if you take vitamin E, why are they bunging vitamin E into it? If you take vitamin orally, fine. If you take it and rub it onto your skin, fine. But when it's vaporized, it's an irritant and it's been put in, into these e-products. Yes. Bruce, so, yeah. uh, Bruce talked about that, uh, I, I want to say a couple of years ago, uh, in it, that one of the dangers of that is it causes lipoid pneumonia because of the fat you know, that's in the, in the vitamin E that you're inhaling. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to get blockages and yes. stuff yep. Yep, due to the vitamin E. So you're getting something similar to your tarin. But from vitamin E, tarin used to be from cigarettes. So then, then I looked into the products, you know, <laughs> and then I looked into histories and it just sends you off on tangents and it's quite interesting. Have you ever heard of popcorn lung? Yes. Uh, and as a matter of fact, when, va when vaping started and it started to just explode everywhere, that was one of the things that GP warned about was popcorn lung. Yeah. Uh, now, and that was many, many years ago before anybody had ever heard of such a thing. And you know where it comes from? It had something to do with the um, uh, the flavoring in the popcorn that was used in in cinemas where the employees worked all the time and they'd earn. Is, am I on the right track here? Sort of. It's got a lovely name. It's called Bronchiolitis obliterus. <laughs> uh, okay, so all right, yeah, we're we're on to something there. Which right, that's so what basically, does, popcorn. But, hey, all right. Basically, popcorn when it was made in factories, yeah, there was um, a, a chemical added to it called diacetyl it's a food additive now it's damaging to small airways in this right and it causes scarring of the lungs and they used to add it to uh bags of popcorn or like you say and when it was heated when the popcorn was heated then it became a problem with this chemical and guess what is added to a lot of vapors this diacetyl it's a food additive which is used to deepen the flavors yeah and it's a known problem and damaging to lungs because that's where popcorn lung came from they found out it was this damn stuff that was causing the problem in popcorn factories and things they know of it and yet why has it been allowed to be added to this well the it's a very interesting question it deepens the flavor it deepens the flavor yes it it, it beggars belief if you think on it because I think the answer to the question that you just asked could be answered in the same way as the aspartame in the soda industry that you brought oh, up before. Oh, yeah, the, the wonderful additive that's been out yes. there. And three times since the 70s, the FDA has said, no, oh, that's all right. It's wonderful. And all of a sudden, the WHO, one of that three-headed hydra, has finally come out and gone, yeah, this is classified as carcinogenic. Uh-huh. And it's still, it's still on the shelves, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's there. out there. Yeah. So, but the thing is, it goes under other names as well. So basically, I mean, all the additives, all the sugar supplements and everything like that, if, you, if you're eating the stuff and drinking the stuff with that, you're doing yourself no favors. You're doing it. And the trouble is, it's very hard to get away from it. It's very hard to get away from it. Well, that's the point of it is the addictive properties of it, you know, to, to keep you coming back for more, right? They, I, they want you to keep coming back. Don't, don't get me wrong. One of the, one of the things that I don't understand, right? Um, I've got a sister-in-law and her husband is a dentist. Yeah. He's a wonderful bloke, but they drink gallons of fizz. You're kidding me. As a dentist? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. How does that work? I, I do not know. I do not know. But I, it is part of the um, world we live in. <laughs> okay. All right. Because every dentist that I've ever seen has always said, water. You drink water. Yeah. Agua. <laughs> it's just, and that, I, I must admit, I must admit, um, hopefully, oh, I don't know. I, 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 how many people are going to come out of this? I don't know. We, we are getting to this wonderful 
crossroads where we as a race have been saturated. We have been saturated with wrong ideas. We've been saturated with chemicals. We've been saturated with medicines. We've been saturated with just about everything they can throw at us. And that, people, is why they want what they call a reset. Because they do what they want to get away with being found culpable for this. And to take total social control is their only way out. And that cannot be allowed. I'm sorry, that cannot be allowed. And this digital mummery is just... I, honestly, I'm not really worried about that. That's... that's they can, they can go fly a kite with that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a... I was walking through Norwich the other day, and there was a chap out there, and he was just giving leaflets to everything. Cash is good. Come to these meetings. And I'm just walking you. down the street. Good yeah, no. You. That's right. I said, I agree with you 100%, mate, but I don't need one of those. Save it for somebody who does, mate. Did you give him a card? Oh, no, you don't have them yet. You sent me the address earlier. I got to send you some cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hinted at Martin when I was I down sent, there last. I, yeah, I yeah. sent him a box. Let me guess. He lost him. I sent him a box of five. No, I think he's still got them. Okay. I think he's still got them. It might be just holding one of his tellies up or something. So It, doesn't it could be, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a total lie, by the way, Martin. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, uh, they just want to take our freedoms away. And the freedom, I mean, I it worries me. Like when I when I spout, uh, they want to digitize this. They want to digitize books. They want to digitize everything so they can control the knowledge. Knowledge has got to be available, but the knowledge is available. Where do you think I find it? I haven't. I haven't got this pass to all the darkest, deepest secrets in the world. It's available out there. You just got to have an interest to look. Scare yourself to death because they make it available. They are so sure of themselves. They are so cynical about everyone else in the world. And they they don't care. They 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 must think about the majority of the world as little people, and they will eventually come under their sway. You know, so it's time lots and lots of little people had their say because we need to. We owe it to the generations to come, just like all the generations before us fought for us. You, you you've got to try and think of the debt you owe to everyone that championed the cause. So your line through your family and everybody else's family got you here we have got here on the backs of champions we're not doing our bit we are not doing the majority of the race is not doing their bit you got the blooded champions in you those arseholes that are trying to control it all there's nothing believe in yourselves and get started man i mean the world needs us and on that point johnny i am gonna have to say good evening yeah it is uh it is that time isn't it and we're pretty much right at time so we will go ahead and kick out of here a few minutes uh early it's been an absolute pleasure we will see you next week yeah i'll be about i'll do my damnedest yeah and we're going to have to rearrange some things for next week so we'll later on so we'll we'll figure that one out yeah, uh, no anyway yeah we will go ahead and call this one done again it's been a great conversation my friend thank you for being here this evening thank you to all of the listeners god bless everyone and have a great evening good night